and welcome everybody to the Chilled Esports Podcast. I am here. I am your host, Eugene Caffin. And oh my goodness, I forgot to mention, we are up to episode 11 now, guys. 11. He's going through them. I know, I know. I am joined here. You guys are hearing the co-host with me this today. Uh, My good friends, Joey Ray. Joey, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Eugene. I've had a good week in Blizzard and I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, nice, nice. And I'm also joined by Christian. Christian, how are you doing, man? I'm good, thanks, Eugene. How are you? Man, I'm always good. It's been a quiet weekend blizzard for me, but it's been good. All right, man. I think you mean the HGC finals. (laughs) Yeah, there were a little bit going on in the HGC finals. So, um, you know, we will get to talking about it. Um. Yes, so we know we do have a very jam-packed episode. We might as well just get into it. So let's hear about our week in Blizzard. What do you mean, Blizzard added monks before demon hunters? I'm afraid my condition has left me cold. Oh, the weak always fall. All right, so we keep changing this up. I'm going to pick Christian to go first. Christian, how has your week in Blizzard been this week, man? Um, my week's been fairly interesting, um, mostly Overwatch as usual, um, but played a little bit of HOTS as well. Mm. Um, so Overwatch-wise, I've been uh, having a bit of a departure from the normal and I've um, been playing a few tanks. Oh my goodness. What? Thanks. Tanks? Yeah. Bro. Specifically, specifically How's that kind dive tanks. Well, <laughs> yeah. Christian. <laughs> Christian, stop stealing my thunder. I know, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have to give it a go, though. Yeah, that's fine. No, no, it's all, it's all good, man. It's all good. The more, uh, the more you play dive tanks, the more that we can play tanks together, and I'm just all about that. Exactly. Yep, so tell us all about it. So I've been playing quite a bit of uh, Winston and Diva in particular, um, and I've been really enjoying it uh, on specific maps, um, particularly... Winston on Watchpoint Gibraltar defense. Ooh, on defense on Gibraltar. He's actually really strong. Um, I watched a streamer, uh, I think his name is Kabaji, and um, I was watching him play Winston on Watchpoint Gibraltar defense. And um, he was using a, um, I guess, a stalk and pounce style playing, um, which I thought was really, really strong. Um, so basically, you're constantly behind the enemy team um you just jump down on them kill a squishy target and then jump away using a jetpack and um it's just really really strong on that first point yeah, especially man. with the overhead bridge yeah exactly because you can you know walk up the top there jump down on someone mm-hmm. take them out and then jump back up onto the bridge and you know use the train to your advantage so okay. if if you're playing winston and you're using stop and pounce the question is, who is the biggest banana? Well, it's usually a mercy or another support <laughs> healer. Yeah, yeah um, it's usually a or, healer, right? Yeah, or, or any other squishy that's out of position, really. Yeah. Um, but I just found that it's really, really strong. Um, just doing that hit and run, uh, stalk and pounce playstyle, really, really uh, effective against teams that aren't that organized. Yeah, it's very true, very true. Like, you'll always see this, like, you know, one person that's either out of position and a high-priority target just, like, chilling out by themselves, and you're like, well, I'm just going to, you know, monkey business all over you right now and then jump away. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think it does fall down a little bit if the rest of your team decides to flank and you know do the same sort of thing. You you really need to have your team sticking together and you know providing a nice big juicy target for the enemy to walk into for in order for it to work properly. Yep, yep, I completely agree. I feel like I, I feel like I really want to see a client bot of Overwatch that turns Mercy into a banana. <laughs> but only when you play Winston. I'm sure someone's probably already done it. Custom skins, <laughs> probably that everyone's just a banana if you're playing Winston. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's pretty much my um my Overwatch for for this week. Having played the Hots as well, um specifically Murky. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, though, I found that Murky isn't as effective on all maps. Uh, oh. Yeah, what happened? Well, I think it might be a problem of myself just not knowing when to push lanes versus when to team fight. Um, and also, it just seems that Murky isn't as strong on some maps as he is on others. It is definitely so, true. Murky, uh, Murky does fall down in um, Berlin maps specifically. Yeah, and I, I felt that in one game where um, I was in lane against uh, Zagara, actually. Mm. And... Um, Know, trying to do the usual murky strat and she can push just as hard as I can and I was just unable to, to pull it off as effectively as I usually would. Well, unfortunately, Zagara, I, I think any proper side laner does win against murky. Like murky is by definition a weak champion, um, especially when you're going against the, the team. Yeah. But the advantage of murky is the zero death timer, so it doesn't really matter if he dies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the the other thing as well, and the general like murky business is that like, while you're down there and you're able to push the lane, like they have to sacrifice a solo laner just to deal with you. Um, yeah, which is normally a good thing, but may not have been so in the game that you're playing. Mm. And, and ideally, they don't have a solo laner in their composition. Like, if you're picking murky against the team, you you generally pick a murky into a team which doesn't have a guy who can just split up and deal with you. Like everybody's essential for the team fight, and if they lose somebody for the team fight, that means the team fight is you know a hundred percent weaker than it, than otherwise would be. Yeah, so Zagara is just a bad choice, I think. Yeah, so like yeah. Uh, I, I think it's actually just um, lost in the draft in that in that sense because Z- if because Zaga- Zagara has the global with the Nidus Canal, so she can always just go to whatever Mer- lane Murky's in and kill him. Yeah. Oh well, learnings for next time. Mm. Yep, thanks for next time. Well, well, in, in, in quick match, you can't really count. You can't really counter draft, so you can't really help. Yeah, that. you just no, don't know what's going to happen. Some some days you play murky, and it just doesn't work out for you, unfortunately. Mm. Such is life. Such is life. But anyway, um, I guess lastly, uh, been considering which class I want to play for Battle for Azeroth. Right, 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 right. Well, uh, <laughs> at the moment, I was, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking possibly a hunter, um, but it'll probably be a rogue. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. cool. I'm not going to break with tradition. Well, I've yeah. heard that I've heard good things from the rogue class. It doesn't really change too much from Legion, but I think um, Outlaw is changing a little bit. Yeah, it is changing a little bit, but I'm probably going to end up going assassination. Mm. I don't think you want to see you playing uh, Hunter Christian if um, you could get a skin for your weapon, which is always a bow. The guy was named Hanzo, and he, he had a pet Ben and Genji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That would be the dream. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. 
Um, if you were marksman, you could have rock de la. Oh, like I don't know if it's rock de la, but yeah, it's a bow. It's always a bow. If you're a marksman oh, at legion, cool, cool. So you awesome. could just like transmog into that, but you're not a, you, you're not always guaranteed a bow. Well, that's basically my um my weekend blizzard. Hey, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, Joey, what's been happening with you, man? Man, I'm back. You're back. I'm back. I have returned. The world of Warcraft. Oh my god, returning to the world of Warcraft. Welcome back. Uh-huh. I, I, I was so stoked about BFA that I'm like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm getting into this. Yeah, it's cool. Time to, time to dust off the old account and dive into the dark portal once more to the land of Azeroth. Excellent. When was the last game that you played? Last one that I played? Well, I did play the story of Legion. Um, I played the... Um, I bought Legion uh, about a year ago, and I decided to play through the PVE content. So not the not the end game rating, but just the uh, the zones. Right. And that was with a dwarf called what was his name? Beardsworth. Ah yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. But now, uh, keeping with my tradition, I'm now playing as. So I, I do have a tradition for those of you listening. Play characters with serious names, and the reason I don't play characters with serious names is because I tend not to play them. So, like, generally, there's like role play names like Faerun or Belanda Deer or whatever, but it just never lasts with me. So I always pick a, a racially thematic name. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, like, to to give people context, he played a Tauren called Vanilla Milk, um, yeah. which was really funny. At the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a dwarf called Shortington. Yes, a dwarf called Shortington, and another dwarf called uh, Beardsworth. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. the idea. <laughs> yeah, it's always racially motivated, and um, it's always, it's always just ridiculous. So, my my Jedi priest is called Vodkatonich, and you have to say Vodkatonich in that specific way because vodka tonic was taken. Uh huh. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so I'm playing Vodka Tonic on Javethos, and I'm actually going to level her. I, I, I'm not going to boost her, which mm. is uh, which is a bit which is a bit of a, a difference from the way I normally do it. What is the proper way to level? What is the proper way to level? No, what you just described, like leveling up normally. Yeah, oh, level yeah, one yeah. to whatever level they're up to now. Yeah, level one to 110. I'm going all the way through, um, and. And to answer the question, what is the proper way to level? Uh, the thing that just came into my head was extremely drunk. <laughs> <laughs> extremely drunk at all stages of leveling. He's like, yeah, I'm killing these dudes. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, you could be half-half, you know? Like, you could do some, like, serious, you know, serious sober leveling. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, no uh, dungeons should always be 100% tipsy. Mm. <laughs> but no, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it because I've actually never played through the Kata content. When I was playing Kata, um, I was already max level, so I, I didn't get to play the new the new world. No, okay. So here's the thing: you did play through. Oh yeah, you were at max level. That was max I was level. also going to say that I did like most of that storyline for you. Uh yeah, yeah, you did. You did the um, yeah, because <laughs> I went to bed. Because I because I fucked that and then he took over my character. Yeah, I because I, I was uh, for, forever Absolutely. listening. I'm I actually, 
I'm actually Amenthal royalty because I have uh, realm first inscription. Yeah, realm <laughs> first Amenthal. inscription during cataclysm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I'm looking forward to playing Wotonich all the way up through the levels, and I'm going to enjoy the new storyline. That's going to be great. Uh -huh. uh, I hope I can get it t uh, leveled up in time for August. I think I will, though, because I should have two, two solid months. Man, you have enough time. You have enough yeah. time. And yeah, so that's that. In HOTS news, um, I was on a bit of a losing streak, but then I tried to rediscover my love of Nazebo. And I liked Nazebo. Nazebo mm. was pretty sweet. Yeah, so I, I, I guess because before sort of this week and the week before, I think I was playing quite a lot of tanks. And yeah, one of yeah, the, yeah, I think you were. You're playing yeah, like it, Urel and um and what I played a lot of Urel. And I, I was playing a lot of Blaze as well and a bit of ETC and it's actually it's actually wrecked my positioning when it comes to playing um what I'm gonna call artillery, which is sort of Chromie Nova, Valor, etc. Mm. Yeah, because you're used to being a lot further forward than you should be, right? Well yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm not I really felt that I wasn't really ready for being countered by Nova, where she's like, she's like looking for the squishy. I'm like, oh wait, I'm the squishy. <laughs> and there's a plant, and I'm dead. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually thinking like, I'm trying to find a new niche in Hots at the moment because I, I sort of want to tr want to play something a bit different to what I normally play. So I'm looking at all my lower level characters and thinking, yeah, no, I'll give this guy a go. And like, like I want to do a deep dive on that guy. So I'm thinking maybe. Maybe I'll give artillery another go, like uh, doing the doing the classic combo mage. You press QWR in some sort of sequence, and it, it ends up in the in a team kill. Yeah, cool. I I think that could work well for you. Like it's things that you've done in the past. Yeah, I've done it in the past, but I'm, I'm sort of a bit rusty on it because I'm playing so many tanks. So I'm, yeah, sure. I'm going to get back into the going to get back into the combo mage scene. Yeah, cool. Uh, in terms of programming, um, I'm happy to announce that jhredo.com now has. My blog fully working from the subdirectory. There was a there was a few issues uh, last week that I, I didn't mention because I'm still working on them. But I am now fully. I have the three wise kings of my web servers all talking nicely to each other. Mm -hmm. And the council of three servers. The council of three servers. And yeah, I I've actually made some posts this week, which is like awesome. And I'm just talking about. You know, whatever random crap I feel like at the time. Mm, yeah, sort yeah of that's a, cool. I'm sort of looking at me in driven development right now as like a dumping ground for whatever I'm thinking of at the time. Sort of just my the thought salad that goes through my head. Yeah, man, that sounds like a. I mean, that's what bugs are for, right? They're really for the soul. The stew. Yeah. So that's really me. Um, and that's my weekend visit. Um, uh, I've got a few new features coming to J to jhredo.com mm -hmm. in the near future, and I'm deciding what I'm going to do with it. Well, I will also announce, as last time, the most important one is uh, the full catalog of the Jill Sports Cup podcast. Anyway, um, my week in Blizzard is very, very short, actually, compared to my normal. I've not been very active this week. Um, I've done some hero stuff where I got to try out Yorel. And um, you know what? I, I didn't really mesh with her too much. I think I might need to put some more time into her. But basically what was happening was that every single time that I was in a game with Yorel, I was being countered, you know, by 
by stuns pretty much all the time. And them silences. Yeah, so there's stun silences, all sorts of shit that would just stop Yorel from from doing well. Uh, was was kind of stopping me, and I think I was trying to get too much value out of my abilities, and I, I really need to like think about well, how much value am I really going to get if I channel this full thing? And I think I was doing the really really telegraph strategies. But you do I have one question to ask you. What's up? Even though you're getting camped a lot, uh huh, is it fun? Uh, it's actually it's actually pretty fun. Yeah, it's it actually fun really fun. Yeah, she is. She is really fun to play. Uh, I I do like playing her as a um as more like a Tyrael esque where I'm there to support my team and debuff the enemy. I really like that style of gameplay. Um, because I felt that it was um, I felt that it was pretty impressive to sort of you know stop it, stop all their damage dealers like from dealing more damage and whatnot. Uh, and really like support my team and give them armor or healing or anything like that. So I really felt that that was good and not so much about the the sort of dive thing i i felt that you know i really wanted to either set up kills for my team or just aid them in any other way so that was really fun that was really i really fun. liked her actually in our braxis games where you would sort of just take the top point and then because you put the uh the zone ulti down where she just is better in her zone yeah and yeah what are they going to do? They have to, they have to bait you out of the zone. Yeah, they have to do on point control. If I was on the point, I just like slam the fucking ulti down and say, "Come at me!" And they just couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah. And the and, and, and the other one where she heals instead of taking damage, it's just a sex. It's pretty. It's pretty good. <laughs> Although I think people are starting to clue on about you know don't yeah, attack I them. So I think I I think it's less useful, but I really on, on point control definitely the sacred ground is the way to go. What do you think the optimal team comp is to build around her? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so if I were to say things that synergize with Yorel, um are not really ones that rely on on them to be in the same position. So pretty much don't play anybody with like circle effects. So like um I don't think Kalthas would be any good and most mages wouldn't actually go well with Yorel. Um, you really just like want people that can capitalize on stuns pretty easily. So I think you'd want actually some more melees or some consistent damage mm -hmm. other things that Yorel would probably synergize with a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think um I think combo melee assassins like Mather. Yeah. I think so as well. Um even something like Zeratul would be really cool. Um yeah. I think Greymane is actually probably the best one to pair with Hero. Because he's a good mix of the consistent ranged and uh, melee damage. But yeah, um, basically, you, you just have to have people that can group up with you. Um, you know, and, and um, don't really care if you displace the enemy. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because like, because... Yorel's whole thing is that she's going to smack people with a hammer. And if you put down your circle and all of a sudden I go, no, they are not, you know, and at the same time I hit my, my, I hit my hammer, your ability is just going to be useless. So I think, I, I think I, that's a good thing. I feel like I've knocked, I've, I've knocked enemies out of Leeming's orb <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> and he's like, thanks, Yorel. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think, I think that as far as supports go, uh, not too fast on supports. I think they all do pretty well with URL. Um, but yeah, I think for, as far as damage dealers goes, no one with a circle ability on the ground. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, other things is that um, the Warcraft event is up, and my god, I spent a lot of money. Oh yeah, but yeah. money well spent though. Oh yeah, it's worth every cent. I um, I was running around as like you know, um, I think I only played Varian actually, the one with the new skin, but yeah, um, yeah. So that's been happening. I uh, I just bought you know all the skins, and you know it's just really fun. The Varian looks pretty fucking sick as a Warcraft 2 token. It's just like, oh man. It's yeah, it's really cool. Varian looks really good. And um, the thing that I really want to talk about a little bit is I think that Varian is actually a really good quick match pick. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, because of the multi-class thing, he can choose what type of damage he needs to be. Mm, yeah, or very true. if you need a tank. Like... Because there were multiple games that that I played where I was like, "What, what, you know, level four should I take? Should I be Taunt Variant? Should I be Colossus Smash? Or should I be Twin Blades?" And well, the other thing is, we got a we got a quad kill, didn't we? Um, got a yes. quad kill on Infernal Shrines. Yes, yes, because I because I I went Twin Blades. <laughs> Believe it <laughs> or not, the answer is not always Twin Blades, but this time it actually <laughs> just was. What are you talking about? It is always twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Look at those bad beats. Yeah, dude. I just need to swing my fucking swords around. That's just what I need. Yeah. Um, nah, it, so it, it depends. It, it, it also helps having having your your buddy on Malfurion in behind you, just like killing you religiously. Yeah, yes, that will help a lot. It does help a lot. <laughs> and then the app of the hat that gives you attack speed. <laughs> the app of the hat. Um, <laughs> yeah, all those things. Um, as well as you know, just yeah. some general like shenanigans is pretty good. You know, you, you know, it doesn't help though. What's that? Diablo being ten thousand miles away from the other lane. Yeah, yeah, that was Diablo. That was stupid. I'm um, still mad at you, Diablo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I was having fun with varying with the new skin, choosing which heroic to take. Oh, well, level four now. Which level four to take was um pretty interesting. So I was having a good time. Uh, as as well, I uh, joined Joey in on the Warcraft action. I am just going to wait for him to get to level 20 and join him with my uh, equally ridiculously named character, um, which is going to be a, um allied race. I am going to play a Lightforged Draenei because I've played through Legion a lot. Um, so I really want to do that, get my heritage armor for that, for that, um, for that new allied race, which I think is going to be really cool. Um, as well, I've been trying to level my Warlock up to level 110 before Battle for Azeroth to give me that caster option, because I think that's the one that I want to go f go uh, forward with. So just been trying to do that in WoW land at the moment, and it's um, really fun, and I'm definitely looking forward to um, doing a full level and uh, you know picking some good counter zones to go through and playing uh, the new allied race. Sylvanius. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much me done. Uh, pretty quiet. Got a lot of other things to do this week, unfortunately. But next week is going to be Blizzard tastic. So yeah, yeah. Watch out. Okay. Um, let's move on to a quick couple of things about uh, in Blizzard news. Um, the first thing I want to mention is there's not going to be any Hearthstone esports on the show this week. But next week is definitely going to be very Hearthstone filled as the HCT Summer Finals are on next week. So any Hearthstone fans, it is going to be a crazy weekend that's coming up. 
with um, not too much shakeup in the middle, but a few a few uh, cool matches coming up in HCT next week. Cool beans. Who, who are you looking forward to in HCT? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I think I'll just check it out and see and see how the narrative goes and who's really and who's playing and whatnot. Um, yeah, as well as like what type of decks they're bringing. You know, I'm I'm always a big fan of these like fringe non-meta decks. You know. I, I'm just a hipster at heart. So yeah, of course. I think that's do, you, what I, uh, do you know what decks you like in the in the current meta? Um, I still would love a shuttle walk shaman to do well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's the one that I want. Um, live the shuttle walk. And yeah, I think I think that's about it. I'm not really I'm not really too fussed on anything else. Um, as well, yeah, we uh, okay. So, so for our listeners. Joey always, always just randomly decides to play World of Warcraft at the exact perfect time. I do. I have an awesome time with World of Warcraft. So he always chooses the time where gear is easy to get and is super powerful, or there's some kind of offering on. And he didn't uh, take advantage of this because he already had a somewhat, uh, already had an active subscription. But um, there was a WoW return uh, event happening this weekend, where regardless of whether or not you've been active in two years or two days, um, your account was active for this weekend. So mm-hmm. you could return to WoW, join your buddies, level up, see Legion, or you know, you know, go to your old characters and brush the dust off and see what they look like. Um, so yeah, so it was, um, it was. Interesting that this is the weekend that Joey decided to come back, even though he didn't really need to take advantage of it. Um, well, you know, this time I didn't need it, but I, I still appreciate having this uh, unique skill of mine. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you, just, you, you just have it. I don't know. I don't Almost know. as if you planned it that way. Almost. I <laughs> <laughs> um, still don't know. As well, uh, Heroes News, Ultrack Pass is now available. Yeah, where it is it, please? It's not in my fucking rot- it's not in my fucking map rotation. Urgh. I, I still play. haven't played it either. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played it either. And Blizzard tried to address this um, by reducing the number of uh, maps that are in rotation. So now there are only six maps in rotation, including Alterac Pass. So we mm-hmm. should have a pretty good probability of getting it, but we just fucking haven't. So, um, yeah. yeah, Blizz. Up the fucking ratio rate or something. That would be good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, very true. Um, uh, another another thing that was happening this week um, is something that we normally don't cover because it doesn't really happen too often. But there mm. was some uh, World of Warcraft esports happening with the uh, Mythic Dungeon Invitational Finals. Yes, the Mythic Dungeon Invitational. It, uh, it looked really cool, but I didn't manage to catch it. Yeah, it is. It is pretty awesome. Um, the reason that I like this better than Arena is like Arena is just like some bullshit where you have all these fucking micro decisions that don't really matter, but they matter in the end somehow. Um, well, yeah, the, the way I describe Eugene is like um, Arena is sort of watching the five people executing like the perfect rotation over and over again. Mm. <laughs> for about 10 minutes and yeah then it's sort of like this high level like abilities going over trying to counter each other and like yeah. and you know perfect positioning around poles for line of sight and all this other bullshit but yeah. um but no watching people like play mythic dungeons is really cool because uh it's something that like most people do like most people can run mythic dungeons most people can do all this shit 
and yeah. it was really really cool to see um some just some things about it like for those people that don't know is that um they actually sort of set your level and they sort of up the ante when it came to the mythic plus level um so the artifact weapon was set to item level 995 all of their gear was set to 970 which is um i believe normal antorus or heroic antorus i'm not sure yep maybe even mythic but um yeah gear was set to 970 and they were doing mythic plus 25 dungeons that's pretty Crazy. intense yeah so you know we're talking about the uh the tiers last week and how when you get the plus 10 is when you get the three modes after that they just scale with like damage and health mm-hmm. um and when by the time you get the plus 25 it's pretty fucking brutal about you know what the tanks and the trash can actually do to you as far as how much health they have and whatnot um uh some interesting things uh from what i did watch which is uh, minimal is that a lot of the groups, I believe they were able to choose it. Um, it was mostly tyrannical versus fortified. So a okay. lot of people went for boss damage over um, trash damage. Yeah, interesting. Which is pretty interesting as far as like dungeons go because you don't really want to be spending too much time on trash. Um, mm. You'd rather the bosses be um, deadlier and you could do the boss mechanics a lot cleaner. I don't know though, because if I think about the boss like bosses only have the uh, enrage timer right so if you make the boss too tanky then you're, you're risking your enrage timer uh yeah it depends like most of the bosses in legion don't have an enrage timer that's a raid boss <laughs> they made mechanic. Too easy. <laughs> no 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 that's a raid boss thing okay oh right right, right. yeah so these are only dungeons yeah these are only <laughs> dungeons dude um yeah okay before you say that like yeah we should try some mythic plus before we get to BFA and 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 yeah, we'll see how much you're sniffing your nose at it. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty keen to try that. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, I'd really love to. Um, yeah, because I haven't actually been in too many Mythic Plus scenarios, so I'd really, really like to do that. Um, as well, <laughs> um, as far as class diversity went, there was a lot of class diversity as far as DPS was concerned, but pretty much every single person was bringing a Blood Death Knight as the tank. Oh, interesting. So um, I think they just provide too much self-healing, self-sustain, and good um, AOE damage. And Death Knights are awesome. Let's be well, like, let's be real. They are pretty awesome, and it is one of the um, classes I'm considering for BFA. Um, so that was pretty good to see as well. There wasn't too much healer diversity in the fact that you only had um, uh, Resto Druids or uh, Holy Paladins uh, that were healing. So I mm. think the battle res as and well as the paladin utility really plays a big part in the type of things that you want to do in Mythic Dungeons, specifically the immunities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it was um it was definitely very interesting to watch. Um it's something that I want to pay a lot more attention to later on. Um uh, if I, you know, really get into Mythic Dungeons and seeing how these insane people play these plus twenty fives, like things that I never really thought could ever be done. Um, yeah, well, I, well, I'm keen to see it too because, um, as you say, it's sort of the uh, PVE aspect of WoW. I think is something that always could have been an esport um, if they just could just get the the sort of programming environment right, such yeah, that they sure. can scale everything properly. Mm, yeah, no, I completely agree with you, man. Um, and it looks like they've done it, and it's you know had a lot of success. I I always like hear and see a lot of people that 
really enjoy it. So I think it's something that um that Blizzard have had a great success with and that I really just want to watch, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. Alright. Um so yeah, that was pretty much all that we had for um Blizzard News and Mythic Dungeon Invitational. The big thing though, the big thing that we want to talk about this week the is yes, the only big thing. Um Heroes Esports, the mid season brawl finals. So let's just get into it a little bit. I have a PhD in PvP. You have some skill. Talent. Ah, that seems generous. What? I mean, I knew I could do that. So yes, it was the mid-season brawl finals. The brawl! Oh my god, what a final. That was, that was an awesome final. Yes, it was quite possibly the craziest Heroes of the Storm that I've seen in a long time. It was yeah. just the the narrative of it the theme of it just you know the evolution how it happened it was just something so beautiful to watch um yeah I, the whole I, way through i was just like wow genji went from like undefeated to about to lose what is this yeah i know it was it was crazy it was just <laughs> the most nail-biting thing they, that has they, happened. Hadn't dropped, they hadn't dropped a single game before this. No, no. Here's the thing: is that it's a best of seven. Hmm. They and Genji has just been blitzing everybody else in the competition. I believe they even beat Dignitas a little while ago. Before yeah, this. yeah, they did. There's a there's the first game in the in the Swiss tournament was uh, Genji being beating Dignitas. Yeah, so they they've beaten this team, and. Hmm. You know, we get to the finals and we're like, oh, lol, the Koreans are going to kill everybody. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, but instead, we get this fucking crazy shit. And, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. All right. Like, I can't say too much about it. Let, let, let's just, like, get right into what, what was going down. So, if we have a look, um, games one to three. Yeah. So... I've got some notes here for game one, if we if I can get into it. Oh, and yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. You know, game one was really inspirational because, to me, it all boiled down to this one big early play for Dignitas. And I was like, wow, these guys, these guys might do it. <laughs> they might actually take a good game of Gen.G. Yeah, crazy. right. And it, was, um, it all stemmed from... Um, the first protector, Genji's sitting there asking the point like bosses, like they normally do. Mm-hmm. And Blaze is like a little bit too far forward. And Garrosh, you know, he's like, <laughs> take this Blaze. And he like shovels him uh, uh, back, into, back into the team. And as soon as the spell animation started for Garrosh flipping Blaze, I'm like, okay, Blaze is dead. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have enough game sense to know Blaze can't get out of this. And sure enough, like he he was dead. But what he did, like it was a decision that he made when he was dead, because because he like wiggled around a bit. It's like oh maybe I can get out, as, and he's like oh no I can't. Mm-hmm. And the Blaze player, I forget who it was, he decided to turn around, and he did his um, uh, jet propulsion, yep. getting a getting a three man stun off. And that microplay allowed Dignitas to actually take the protector because it, it came with a follow-up. Um, you know, Dignitas's damage came through, and all the all the abilities went off, and blah blah blah. Mm. And it really, 
it was like a pivotal thing to me. It's like never stop fighting. Like never, never think I'm dead. Therefore, I shouldn't use my abilities. No, you're dead. Therefore, you have to do as much damage as possible because maybe something will happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in this case, it was just. It was literally the thing that brought Dignitas into the game. Like, yeah, I know. Like, and that, yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, one micro decision, you know, could could sort of make it. Like, you know, mm. people pe people see things that happen and be like, "Oh, that person's dead." But if you're a tank, if you're blades, like, you can just like get some cool shit off. Like, you can do something yeah. and you know make meaning of your death, I suppose. Yeah, well, get value with every percentage of health that you have, mm, basically. Mm, yep. And um. And another thing is uh, Garrosh, he, so when you're Garrosh, you feel pretty invincible. <laughs> I know this, <laughs> having played Garrosh a couple times. <laughs> uh, I'm invincible! Sure. Well, like, you know, that the lower you get, the harder it is for them to kill you. And if you get double up, then it's really hard for them to kill you. When I'm Garrosh, I feel like the hardest bastard. The, the, like, <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah, okay. That's pretty that's pretty close. So it's easy to like miscalculate your uh advantage or disadvantage and like uh <laughs> Garrosh felt it. It's like it's like a tiny little play, but it it really gave me a giggle because <laughs> Garrosh is walking in, it's like, I'm gonna kill Johanna. And she um she just popped her uh Iron skin. No, uh, yeah, I, I iron skin to stop the throw and then um the condemn where she pulls him in. Ah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was literally death push and Garrosh just died. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's it's really funny. It's like how to kill an orc in two seconds. Mm -hmm. Yep, bait them into uh, a false sense of security. Yeah, but um, but Genji really just really deserved the victory in game one though because so it wasn't looking that great for Genji. Like they'd lost two protectors, um, mm. and like they were down on buildings. Yeah, man. Normally that's pretty bad. Yeah, and like they were almost a talent tier down, I think. Mm. But what happened was, um, Genji got a kill against Blaze, and it was the third protector. And Dignitas is like, okay, well, why don't we get some value in top? While uh, and you know they might get a protector, but it, it won't matter too much because um, we've had the other two protectors. We can still come back. We can play the twenty game, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And what ended up happening was Dignitas retreated to get camp and retreated to get value elsewhere on the map. But Gen G, seeing that Dignitas left bottom open because uh, Dig didn't have bottom fort, Gen G got bottom keep wall. Uh, with the heroes while they were channeling the protector. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was a really good play. It was a really good play because when now they're marching down a, down lane with a protector um, and they've got an exposed keep. So they the, they took the keep down with the protector, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe Genji got a couple of kills on Dignus House because basically they just couldn't get alive in enough time and I mean, man, the name of the game is getting the quarter zero percent, and Genji got the quarter zero percent. I know that. Okay, especially like game one, it's it's just the Genji thing that I feel like in these games, Dignitas, especially in this first one, seemed like they had a fucking amazing start. They had this great yeah. start, 
and all these other teams have this great start against Gen G, but Gen G just somehow gets the court, the enemy quarter zero. Yeah, and that's that, that's the game winning moment when you get the enemy quarter zero. It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, Gen G wins. <laughs> no worries. I know, and I'm just always like, but you guys were getting fucking destroyed this entire game. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you're in a space where you can get the quarter zero, and it's just like this fucking magic. <laughs> Man, I don't understand it. If yeah. I understood it, I'd be able to speak Korean. Do you think that Gen G is is possibly just one of those late game teams? Like you know, that, that takes them a little while to get into the zone, and you know they're just a little bit weaker at the start, but then get stronger and stronger until they just obliterate everyone else. I think so. I um. We're going to talk about a few of the other games, um, but I do think that they are these sort of late bloomers and that their macro play really only shines the later the game goes. Uh, my personal view of them is that they're sort of the same level of strength uh, uh, no matter what they're doing. And it's actually the, an effect, like you think they're getting stronger, but it's actually um, Dignitas has a weaker late game. Than, so, so it's not the Gen G getting stronger, they're just playing consistently, but Digs a bit weaker in the late game. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, that could be fair. But it just always seems to happen to to them. Like, it's not just against Dignitas. Like, mm. against a bunch of other, uh, like, opponents as well. Yeah, the, 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 they start off getting uh, getting slaughtered and then... <laughs> yeah, and then just <laughs> doesn't like... doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what was happening? Yeah, so that was the that was game one, and we're sort yeah. of like getting an idea of what's going on. What happened during yeah. game two? So for, so for game two, I'm like, okay, so so the game one just happened. I can understand why Genji undefeated. Uh, this is just going to be a wash of a game, right? So, and I'm like, oh, okay, even Dick's given up because they pick Stitches and Medivh. I'm like, <laughs> cool. I'm going to see some awesome games. And, man... I have not seen a kill come out that quick ever. It was the quickest kill I've ever seen. Um, I forget literally who died because it was just so quick. I think it was Sukov died. But it was literally within 10 seconds of the game beginning, uh, Stukov was dead. That's he just walked into lane and died because, <laughs> because of the combo. <laughs> the wombo combo. Yeah. Uh, so... Great trust Malfurion had the Stitches was going to land the hook, but it was just Stitches hooked, Malfurion rooted, and Stukov was dead. And it, it, I, I literally, I didn't even see Stukov alive in lane, and then like, it was like, boong, and his death time was started. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So that was, that was really cool. Um, I really have to say for this game that it really came out as one of the one of the big game winning moments because Genji, they it, it was Infernal Shrines was the game and mm. Genji were winning every Punisher, but it didn't matter. Yeah, because another another one of the macro plays, right? Yeah, and and this was a this was a macro play from Dignitas that. Um, I really want to take into home games because basically, top camp was just doing was just destroying walls and destroying forts and getting mad damage, and the Punisher was like weaker than top camp because like top camp will get walls for Dignitas, but for Gen G, Punisher would only get bottom wall, 
And I'm like, man, like literally the Punisher was useless. Like Top Camp got as much value and wasn't even contested. Mm. Well, that can happen sometimes when like, if you get it at the exact right moment, you know, if you're able mm. to, to do it and able to set it up properly, then yeah, a mm. camp can do essentially the same thing as an early Punisher. Yeah. And um, I, I have to say, as Stitches, I think it was JPL, it's just like, it's just Dolmio grin on Stitches because like, <laughs> Stitches just get his blind hooks out of nowhere. And it was so funny. It was a pretty, them... uh, pretty distressing Disgusting looking Dolmio Grin. Yeah, pretty distressing <laughs> Dolmio Grin. I'm probably not going to eat his pasta, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll rep his, um, his hooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Junkrat, it, it was one of the rare misplays from Genji, um, uh, Genji. Uh, Junkrat blew up his concussion mine and killed Stukov by mistake because he, he, he concussioned enemies into his, into his retreating healer. That's oh. <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> Stick up with having it back today. Anyway, so the so the mid game sort of played out pretty much like the early game played out. So it was Genji had the advantage in the team fight, and Stitches was putting down his putrid bile, but he couldn't get the they just couldn't get the the zone around the around the altar, and they in particular Junkrat's bombs. We're just annihilating the creepers. So, like, you'd think Genji, oh yeah, they're, they're about to get five creepers. No, your your points in a junk rest points. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, Junkrat's amazing. Mm. So I'm I, I'm really keen to play Junkrat on Infernal Shrines now. Because, <laughs> yeah, you just get so much value out of the goddamn bombs. It's amazing. Yeah, you do. I I I, I recently played a lot of Junkrat uh, in the past like couple of weeks and. Um, yeah, he is particularly strong on Infernal Shrines, I have to say. Mm. When there's, like, PvE involved, Junkrat's, like, just amazing. He does all the damage. Yeah, definitely. I can I can definitely see that. And uh, I do have to rep the Genji's Hanzo player, because I didn't think there was a kill. Like, like, like I thought, oh, yeah, uh, Jane's gotten away from this fight, and then it's just arrow out of nowhere, and, like, boop, and Jane is dead. I was like, ah, oh, beautiful. <laughs> yes. Perfecto. More Dolmio grins. More Dolmio grins. Japanese so, Dolmio grins. <laughs> so, 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 so at the moment, I'm, I'm going to like, I'm like, all right, Genji's got game two, right? Like mm-hmm. they've got every Punisher. Dig, they, they've got great macro play, but it's not, it's just, it's just not working. If you can't win a Punisher, you can't win. That's that's the name of Infernal Shrines. Mm-hmm. The Punisher late game is too strong. And also, Dig had a pick comp, like you know the Medivh uh, stitches nonsense. That's a pick comp. Yeah, normally it is. And they weren't getting the picks. Mm. So I'm like, all right. And I, I was actually writing in the team notes. I remember this. I was writing in the team notes. Um, I, I, I'm sort of watching the I'm watching the final team fight. I'm like, um, Dignitas loses because... And then I'm like, I'm like watching the team fight go. And I'm, watching the, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> I was like, I have a ventilating. <laughs> Oh my god! They won the fight. They beneath the shrine. What the fuck is this? Yeah, what the hell happened? And they won of the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Oh my man! You only need one Punisher. <laughs> yeah, you only need one Punisher, and it's at level twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
So I'm going to put it down to Genji misplay. Um, I think Riptide came out too early. Lyric was too far forward. Um, Medivh just had the best leyline seal in the in the universe. Mm. I re- I remember that one actually. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking beautiful. There's a fucking game winning leyline seal because um, it it picked off two heroes for them. A total team kill. Yeah, I know. It um, was it was great. It was good. Punisher marches down, kills the fort. Dig kills the core. The name of the game is getting the core to zero. <laughs> Dig did it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they did it. They did it. They made the gods bleed. Oh man. The casters were fucking going off too. Yeah, no, man, yeah, the casters were really excited. Yeah, they were very excited, <laughs> especially the bold guy. What's his name again? Caldor. Uh, Baldy. Uh, Baldy. <laughs> Baldy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure it's Caldor. No, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Yeah. All right, whatever. Um. So game three. Um. I'm gonna say game three was uh. Game three is hard to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was more just like Korean bullshit. Well, I, I have to say, if you don't get the little advantages on Gen G, or if you can't threaten them, they will just steamroll you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like they, they do definitely have the steamroll. Like. You know the the standard like you know if you if you give them an inch they'll take a mile if we're in like you know imperial units, but um yeah, yeah. it was definitely a thing. Yeah, definitely, and it was, it was like Genji just got the Genji got the early lead. Lyric was feeding. Um, I don't, I don't know why Lyric was feeding, but he was. Mm, yeah, hating life maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get meant to drain life, not not give it to the enemy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've written here they wanted to catch Hanzo out in a time loop, and they wanted to they wanted to kind of garish with the drain heal, but uh, I wasn't feeling Dignitas's uh, strategy. Like I don't really know what they were going for because obviously it didn't work. Yeah, it was a bit weird. And on- honestly, Phoenix was so deadly in this game. Like he just did so much damage, it was just brutal. Yeah, it was pretty disgusting. Anyway, but it's a it's a decent game to watch if you want to see how to completely destroy an an, an enemy on Tomb of the Spider Queen. Yeah, and what and and what to do when you're a talent tier up at level at level fourteen. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, it's. Mm. No, no, yeah. I, I completely agree. I, there's not much to say. Yeah, there's just so much to say. Like they they just won, and there's there's a reason that they're that they're in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for the first three games. Would you like to take the next three, Um, sure. So if I have a look at um, have a look at game four. Uh, there was a lot. There, there were a couple of interesting picks. In particular, um, there was a Karazim being run. Yeah, definitely. That was that was interesting. Yeah, uh, which is you know insanely interesting to me, especially. Um, having a look at their later compositions where um where Karazim showed up a couple of times and I just found that exceedingly interesting. Um so what was the thought process behind that pick, do you think? So the thought process generally when you have a Karazim is I wanna like do damage. Um, <laughs> I wanna do my damage. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always like I want to be able to round out my team's damage by getting a support that can actually provide 
Mm. Um, so I think that was a little bit part of what they would like. That's normally why you pick a Karazim. Um, the thing about him is, is that his healing output is really, really low in comparison to others because he only has like a small AOE heal that, that I feel doesn't actually do that much. Um, but yeah, they always take the level one that increases, um, his damage every third hit to try and go ahead and, and, um, put in some burst damage to people, try blow them up and get that extra bit of damage that people are not really expecting. Um, mm. so that's pretty much, um, you know, what, what's, what's going to be happening. Um, we saw, yeah, so from this, like, we saw a couple of early plays and, you know, Diablo pretty much getting exploded in the first, like, few, you know, minute of the game or whatever. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Denji, like, you think, you think you guys can kill people on your weekend too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that happened a lot. Um, um, I really liked, there was a, uh, around the first shrine, there was a really good flip, um, that, so I think Genji had just taken the Dragonite and mm. they're like, you know, they're about to, they're doing the, the slow, the slow moving domino thing. Cause like they've just absolutely stomped game three and it's like, okay, we're about to see a stomp in game four as well. Mm. But flip into roots, um, again, awesome Mafia in play and Karazim dies and it just goes just a bloodbath for, for both sides. Yeah. And I think. Both sides lost two heroes. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and that and that got them. That kept digging the game, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I do, I do, I do remember this. So yeah, there was a lot of um, a lot of control from Genji at the start. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that was the fight that really that really threw it over. Mm. And um, yeah, and then it just it just really gave control back over to, to Dignitas. And yeah. um yeah, it just really it, it sort of came came from there where they were able to get a uh, a late game dragon knight. Mm-hmm. And just do the, you know, set every uh actually yeah, but they did do some pretty good setup for it as well. Yeah, they did. Because it was mostly the um to my mind, like both sides were trying to get picks. Like the, like it was, mm-hmm. it was like a very pick heavy game, like everyone wants to get like the big um, because Genji's playing a pick comp with um, Promi and Hanzo. Yeah. But um, the Dick was going for a wombo combo comp because they wanted to get um, a place. Uh, Johanna, the Jaina, and Jaina, Diablo Apocalypse, and somebody else. They didn't get Ring of Frost, though, did they? I don't remember what Jaina heard. Oh, she, yeah, no, no, she went, she went Ring of Frost this one. Oh, she did? Okay. Yeah. No, I just completely forget, because we normally see... Um, yeah, you always elemental? see the, uh, the, uh, the Ice Elemental. Yeah. The, the Snowman for um for the Winter Skin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, after, uh, after watching the pick, like, rack up the kills for Gen G, there was just an awesome fight mm. with... um. There was two awesome wombos. One was um, Arrow plus Ring of Frost plus Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, dude. Total team kill for Dignitas. I remember this. Yeah, it's like, it well, was like, like guys, fucking pixel perfect. They were losing. And then just yeah. suddenly, just bam, bam, bam. And like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, is like, it, it was, man, it was... This is what happens with like wombo combos. Like mm. 
you can be behind in the game mm-hmm. you know you're getting stomped on and then all of a sudden it gets to level 10 and then mm-hmm. everyone hits r at the same time and you just win the fight yep that's pretty much what happened <laughs> like we should do this we should just fucking do it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, it's really hard to pull off it's, it looks really cool when you're an audience member but really hard to pull off yeah no we did it once though right yeah, yeah, no, we have done it before, but I, I think it was more of an accident. <laughs> I don't think so. I All thought right. it was precision. It's always planned. Yeah, always, yeah. see? Yeah, okay, Dude. it's always planned. It's always planned when it works. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, what um, I have to say is that the game-winning move from Dignitas, which was, again, a, a sort of a game-losing move for Gen.G, was Genji thought that they had Dignitas because um, Genji knew that Dig were going knights at the bottom, they're getting the bottom knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and yeah, and they thought they could get could get the collapse on them, right? Yeah. So what? So Genji came in uh, to they positioned their team in between Dig and the natural the natural retreat path. Mm-hmm. So so Dig had no chance but to fight, no choice but to fight. Yep. Sure. And Dig won. Yeah, they just, they just, just won the they, fight. They they just they just won the fight, and then they took the Dragon Knight afterwards, and then they won the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've got I've got written this here. Dragon Knight gets maximum value as Dignitas take the call with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they get more value than that. No, yeah, you much. don't really you don't really get more value than killing the call. So. <laughs> yeah, so, that's really good. I really felt watching that fight though because. There are a couple key moments in the fight, and I'm like, because what I do when I watch a fight is I like, I I put a point in my mouse, and I, I keep replaying the same thing over and over again, and ask myself what could have gone different. Mm. Um, Karazim, Karazim didn't keep up with the healing. I oh, honestly really? believe if they were playing Uther instead of Karazim, Genji would have won that fight. Oh really? Yeah, definitely. You because all you have to do is you do a D shield on Johanna, mm. um, and then. Diablo's charge doesn't kill anybody. Johanna heals up, and then you do the collapse, and then it and then it works. So Genji had the right strategy, but the wrong healer. Yeah, sure. So they just didn't have enough burst heal to um to deal with any uh, blow ups. Mm, definitely. Yeah, that is the definite kerosene weakness: is that the fights need to go for long in order for you to gain effectiveness. Yeah, definitely. But would have. Would they have had enough damage then? Yes. If they went with Uther. Absolutely. You reckon? Because um, the fight would have gone for long. So the fight would have um, just played out entirely differently. Like, there wouldn't be as much damage coming out of um, Dignitas for one thing, because Uther's giving everybody armor. It's true. Um, yeah, sure. The, the other thing, uh, went for the blob combos, the big wombos, um, they wouldn't have worked out exactly the same because. Uther would be de-shielding people like uh, like a boss, basically, and de- and getting him out of trouble. Mm. That's if he isn't CC'd. Uh, yeah, well, I'm... Yeah. Best case scenario, yeah. I'm, I'm talking best case. Like, yeah. I honestly believe that a pick of Uther would have um, would have made the would have put the game to Genji's favor. Because mm. because I I didn't see anything that Karazim really brought to the game that Uther couldn't have brought brought as well as doing so about healing for those for these particular fight fight situations yeah sure i don't know i think like i I think there's a bit of a stigma when it comes to picking uther so yeah 
Either that or Gen or uh, Genji were just being like cocky. No, I don't think they're being cocky. I think they um I think obviously they, they picked Karazin because they, they thought it was gonna win. They didn't pick it because they thought um EU sucks. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I think... maybe maybe they thought the fights were not gonna last that long. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's what it was. Like I thought I thought they thought that Blaze was a good enough self healer. That they didn't need a dedicated healer for him, and that and they could um, pump out more more damage to like to the to get the easier win. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean that that's like the general strategy anyway, right? Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. So we'll move on to game five, which is a really really interesting play. Um. Well, like draft for one, but um, yeah. uh, but a lot of um interesting plays and a lot of interesting side effects for our home games. Mm -hmm, um, in, uh, interestingly enough, is that uh, Falstad is you know seeing a lot of rep in the in the midseason brawl. Yeah, he is, and um, I think it's really affecting um what people are picking in home games. Not necessarily in Aulo, but basically, like if any if any hero is getting uh, seeing popular picks, then like they're just going to see popular picks like for the rest of for the rest of the uh, season, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um and Falstad is definitely one of these. So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure there was a lot of uh Falstad value happening in this game, but I don't think there's a lot of good Falstad players around. Um <laughs> anyway, hey, the, the other crazy pick was uh was fucking Varian. Yeah, fucking Varian. Lord of the Alliance. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's actually making pro play now. I'm like, yeah, go yeah, Varian. It, re it really is. It really is. Uh yeah, so I think um, they just really wanted a taunt champion. I yeah, they really the do. Reason. I uh, I I still like. I was still looking at it, and I still like was going fuck. Why did why did they pick Varian? You know, they could have had any tank that they wanted. And I think that if you listen over to um, an interview or their comms or whatever, they mm. basically they just um, they just trust JPL. Yeah. No. Yeah, they just trust his judgment. They were like, "Why did you choose the variant?" There was this like a team discussion, and then they were just like, "No, normally we just you know we trust that JPL is going to pick the best warrior for the you know for the game." Mm. So you know that was basically their their choice. I know there was like you know probably some more to talk about as far as the variant pick goes, but yeah, it was basically just JPL thought that he could play it, and it's what the team needed at the time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like. It didn't really make sense to me because, like, with Varian, he's just got nowhere to get out. Like, mm, no, he doesn't. What's he he's... gonna do? Walk casually away? It's like... <laughs> well, that that's generally what he does. <laughs> um, yeah, Varian is a very forward momentum character. Um, mm. Like, if you're winning, he seems like a god. But mm. when you're losing, he doesn't. He, you yeah, know, he exactly. seems like far from that. He seems just like a a hindrance more than anything else someone that needs to go in but can't really do anything else mm -hmm. so you know i i always i always feel that way but um they seem to make it work you know they seem to be getting the taunts which happen really really often and really early now yeah definitely and um i've i think i i, I wrote the notes a little bit biased because i uh <laughs> i seem to focus my first three notes in the early plays are all like what varian was doing <laughs> yes yeah well that was that was the interesting pick yeah, it was yeah so um 
I saw some really good. Um, I saw some really interesting low-level play between Varian and Garrosh, uh, which was sort of thematic, like the Lord of the Alliance versus the the War Chief of the Horde. Yeah, the, the former former Lord of the Alliance. Uh huh. And the and former, former War Chief of the Yeah. Also the <laughs> yep, they're both dead. Well, you know what? I'm a Cata player, so they're, they're, they're alive in my heart. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so Genji, like, they set up a really beastly early game. Um, and then they went for a momentum play with camp, which really backfired on them, which which I thought was really funny. This is uh, Towers of Doom. They're going for the... Oh, yeah, yeah, they were. Man, the Towers of... Oh, man. Towers play... Crazy. I don't know what it is about Tales of Doom, man, but like I feel like mm. it's a map where you can just always fucking come back. Yeah, it definitely is. If there is a map that you can come back from, it is that one. You just have to play out of your mind. It's just never give up. Yep, never. <laughs> never. Uh, anyway, so a lot of it was um the story of why you shouldn't pick why, why you shouldn't pick Varian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how i felt watching the mid game joey i think you mean always pick Varian because <laughs> he has the best skin well okay he has one of one of the best skins he does have one of the best skins i mm. fully agree i love Varian as a character but like for pro play um you can see a few of his weaknesses <laughs> coming out oh yeah for sure yeah, so uh, something I didn't know actually was that you could put the silence down in front of the, um, in front of like Stukov's silence circle. Yes, no, you, no, you can do that. They changed this. Yeah, if you you can silence the sappers. Yeah, you can silence the sappers, and then and then they would blow up your building. Yes. So a lot of this was just um, Genji had fucking double globals. and so they were just taking taking bell towers left and right, and mm-hmm. um, and Dignitas had to do this. This long journey rotation, like to 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 save their lanes, and it, yeah. it was just really, it was really playing bad for them. Like I was like, oh man, it's good. It's yeah, good. the game seems super depressing to start off with, but yeah, again, it was just the the late game fights. Yeah. So the so the one late play was, and it got so tense. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And it was again. It was again. I wrote in the notes, Dignitas loses because. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like watching it play out. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I honestly, I was watching this game, and this was like, I think this was the one game that I thought to myself, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Where they were down to like five points on their core or something yeah, like that. So, 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 yeah. so, here's a, so the full situation was that they're down on five, five points to the core, but that's okay because like you only get four shots on an altar if you, if you have yeah, all your bell towers up. If you have all the bell towers up, yep. But then it got really tense because Dignitas, they took back their, their top bell tower. So it's like back to four points. And then Gen G stopped, the, stopped taking the altar uh, for long enough to take Dignitas's bottom bell tower. So this meant Gen G now had five shots. Mm-hmm. So that means Gen G, to win the tournament, only has to channel this altar for three seconds. I'm pretty sure it's three seconds to, to channel an altar. Anyway. I don't remember, but that sounds right. And so Dig's like, oh shit. And they're, they're, and they're at the bottom altar, like five points on the line. And they're like doing everything they can to just, just don't let him channel. <laughs> yeah, to stop, to stop, the, to stop the channel. 
and you know me little little, little mini analyst i'm i'm sitting there with my little note say, saying dignitas loses because and i'm watching <laughs> and then what happened was hanzo went off to take a sapper camp uh -huh. and when hanzo took a sapper camp garrosh made a simultaneous decision to go and um to go and bother dignitas Yes, and then and that was not the right call <laughs> at all. Garrosh was out of position. Yeah, he and you know what Varian's just... really good at? You know what Varian's really good at? Yeah, taunting and punishing people that are out of position. Punishing people out of position? Saying their mum's fat. <laughs> Your mum, Garrosh. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is a fucking five-man team wipe for Gen G. Mm. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so... Yeah, Genji just get obliterated, all all team members die, yeah. and Dignitas just paint the entire map red? Is it red? Yep. Yes. Yep, red. No, yeah, so so dig instead of channeling the ultra immediately, because they, they're a pro team. Yeah, they they, they, they had awesome coordination and they got every bell tower on the map. Yeah, got every bell tower, then channeled. Then and channeled. Then, and then not only that, they they were going around stopping Genji from capping back any bell towers. Yep, and they only had to stop it for a few more seconds. It literally went from twenty-three to zero after that altar. Yes, that was a twenty-three point altar. Like if you if you if you sum it all up, uh -huh. insane. <laughs> what is that? I know. Going from like Genji need one channel to win the game to yeah. losing the game. Genji loses. Yeah, <laughs> that's impossible. Yeah, it was it was it was just nuts and. Again, like the casters, they were fucking going off. I was just like going, "Oh my god!" You know, the yeah. they just you know, crazy shit. Crazy. It turns out, it turns out, Varian was the only pick that could have won that. That could have won mm. the game. Yep. I mean, you know, with a different tank, the bit like that wasn't Varian. The, the entire game would have played differently. But it's like mm. you needed Varian's specific kit to, to make that work. Yep. No, I agree. Um, so we are running a bit longer. Yep, no worries. Um, so we'll just, uh, mention a couple of things about the last games. Hmm. Yep. Uh, nothing crazy, right? <laughs> Genji wins. Yeah. I mean, Genji wins. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was super tense. Like I said, it was anyone's game at 15 minutes. So mm. like it's level 19. Yeah, I, that's I'm thinking, fair. Like, like anyone's going to win this. Yeah. It did start out fine, but, um, hmm. Yeah, and you know, I didn't, I didn't know it was gonna win. To be honest, I was like, I was like watching, I was watching Dig take this like final boss, mm. and I'm like, this could be it. Because up to that point, I'm like, eh, it could go either way. Like Genji, Genji has the towers, but Dig gets the Dig gets the camps, mm. and Dig won the boss fight. I'm like, yes, they've totally got it. Yeah, but. Again, the name of the game is getting the quarter yeah, zero. Yeah, getting the quarter zero. They just couldn't do it. And Genji just snuck in. It's like, oh well, if, if Dick wants to take the boss, we'll just say, no worries. Mm. So they yep. traded boss before, and <laughs> they won. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was really like, I didn't think, I actually didn't think Genji was going to win. Like when I was watching Dick get the boss, and the fact that Genji won, it's a real testament to how they play. Yeah, I think so too. Like. It was a crazy, grueling up and down series, um, mm. and I think both teams can be really proud of like how they played. Um, mm. 
and um yeah just uh just genji is still the still the top of the table Definitely. still the ones to beat they are gods but they are heavily wounded gods heavily wounded yeah. Definitely. Mm. all right um so i think it's time to head over to some heroes at home or some general strategy talk I believe Christian, you wanted to um, just elaborate on a couple of things. So, seeing as you've been playing a lot of Overwatch recently, um, you really wanted to talk about some dive tanks. I did, yeah. I've been having great fun um, playing both Winston and Diva, <laughs> and I've noticed that as season ten has been drawing to a close now, um, the dive composition seems to be making a bit of a comeback. Oh, really? So we, even in the face of uh, the shield bearing. Um, you know, bitch with a flail? Baguette? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good old, good old baguette. <laughs> well, I've actually seen um, the, the pick rate of baguette go down a little bit. Oh. Um, and I think this has encouraged people to uh, play, you know, the Winston Diva and, and the other um, dive comp characters like Tracer and Genji a little bit more. Yeah, um, sure. Specifically, I think um, the dive tanks can work really, really well, especially if your opposing team lacks the Brigitte, but has the Mercy or the Zenyatta. Um, that's common to the, um, you know, the Reinhardt, Daria, Unzo play that, you know, has been all the way, all the way through season 10. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I mean, like, if we're really thinking about it, Mercy, Zenyatta isn't exactly uh, new support meta. This is true. Yeah. Um, but I think that at the moment they are particularly vulnerable. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. W without the Brigida, um, to be watching the flank arenas and the Zarya shield, I yeah, I think they are a lot more vulnerable than normal. Like I've seen on uh, the two control point maps, um, in particular, some teams going with the full dive comp, mm. taking the first point and then switching it up. Mm, yeah, sure. Because you can take the opponent by surprise, take out their supports quickly, sweep through that first point, and then, you know, either swap if, if needs be, or just go straight to the next point and do the same thing. Um, and if the opposing team doesn't adapt and get the Brigitte or some other pick that shuts down those dive tanks, um, you're able to sweep them out pretty quickly because you can bypass the, the anchor of the Reinhardt shield um, and mitigate a lot of the, the power of the Zarya-Hanzo combo. Um, mm. just by moving around and, and being mobile. Yeah, well, you sort of deny them alt charge just by being a, being mo mobile and diving around, etc. So I think that generally stops it. Seeing as Zarya really, really takes a lot longer than Hanzo to get an alt charge up. Um, so I, I feel that's a thing. Um, as well as the big um, the big thing that I didn't never liked about playing Reinhardt is when you don't know where to put your shield or your shield just can't do anything against um against the enemy team yeah exactly and I, I guess that's that's the scenario where the dive tank um really shines because you can force that reinhardt um to question where to put the shield especially from the flanks and you're playing a diva and you know you're throwing your micro missiles in or, or doing a charge or whatever you're forcing them to turn around and then expose themselves to the rest of your team coming in mm. um I think yeah, if played correctly at the moment, it's quite strong. In saying that, um, I have seen a lot of dive tanks who are not playing the dive tank correctly. So they're just playing it like they would play the Reinhardt Zarya combo, just walking up the middle, and mm. it just doesn't work that way. 
And no, I, it doesn't. There, there's a bit of nuance to it. Yeah, I, I spoke about the um, the you know the hit and run or stalk and pounce style gameplay um, previously, and I think you can still do that when you're playing the you know the, the tanks of a team um, in that sort of that that quasi dive tank um, composition. Um, just by making a little bit more use of your of the terrain, flanking a little bit more, um, you know, you could even run something like a Reinhardt and then a dive tank. Run the Reinhardt up the front. The rest of the team goes with him. And using your dive tank, use that to flank. You get um, a threat on the flanks that can draw fire away. Um, more survivable than say a tracer or a Genji, who might get shut down a lot easier. Mm. Um, and you're, you know, able to do significant amount of damage. Yeah, well, it, it, even if it isn't damage, just the fact that you draw attention, I think, is enough to, you know, it, it, in this type of game where you you have to aim at what you want to kill. So, like, if there is like a, a you know a fucking monkey like you know slapping me around uh, on the flank, I I'm trying to like aim that, and I'm not paying attention or anything else, you know. And I, so I think it could be extremely powerful. Um, yeah, definitely. The one thing that I would like to mention is that um, there is there is really, okay, not so much walking up the middle, but there is an argument for just like fucking charging down the middle if you're two dive tanks, especially if you coordinate it properly. This is true. Um, but I think, I think that strategy requires the whole... Um, dive comp to be present so having your tracer and your genji and yeah and well it yeah it does require everyone to be ready i agree because you need that follow-up you need that mm. um that mobile dps to be able to take down the the targets because you know yeah. if you run a winston and a diva into you know a reinhardt you're not going to have a great day most of the time no not usually yeah man no it's def it's definitely cool i um I do think uh, that dive tank is the way that I enjoy playing the game. I think it's a very sort of very versatile role because um, I think there is a time where you know that you should just dive in. That's just like what you should do. And, you know, there are some targets that are exposed, like uh, you're on the flank and you're doing, all the, you know, the thing that you're describing. Um, but I think as well, they're also really good at, at making space for the team. Like, they can still take up a significant space and push the enemy around. Definitely. And, you know, it's, it's not just making that space. It's um, the, the repositioning of the enemy team, too, specifically the, the Reinhardt or the Orisa Shield. Mm. Um, if you're able to get them to turn and, and, you know, good communications and teamwork with the rest of your team to get in and you know, take out key targets, um, I, I think it, it still can be pretty good. But, you know, have to remember that Brigida can't be present because it's just so strong. So really, you've got to be watching constantly to see if they they don't have Brigida or they make that Brigida swap. Mm. Yeah, sure. Uh, what, what, would you, what would you suggest if they if they do switch over to the Brigida and you're trying to play like a, a dive style? I think you can still pull it off, um, especially if it's at, at like a low, um, a low ELO rating. Um, I don't think... Uh, you know, gold, silver, bronze, or even platinum um, players can can really pull off the the coordination required to completely shut down dive comp. I think mm. you can still play it. 
um, in saying that it does require a high level of communication and coordination. Mm, um, yeah, sure. So, you know, if you've got a, a six stack people um, and you know what you're doing, yeah, go for it. Um, but obviously, if you watch the, the Grandmaster or Master, or even the, the top 500 games, um, they're always sticking with that, that Reinhardt, Zarya, Hanzo meta. Yeah, um, sure. So, might not work at highest uh, level of play, but I, I think, you know, lower levels. Yeah, lower levels definitely. Because, <laughs> like, isn't it more about playing playing the people that you know how to play, playing them well? It has a greater sort of effect size than the meta? Pretty much, yeah. I think individual skill with a specific hero um, mm. is worth a lot more than just playing whatever the meta pick is. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right, man. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to playing some dive tanks with you next time we get some Overwatch happening. Yep, should be good. Yep, will be good. And maybe like, you know, and um, and then maybe we can switch it up and try the uh, the, the Ryan Zarya. Yeah, uh, Ryan Zarya forget combo. Pull off those sweet um, grab dragon. Yeah, grab dragons. Dragon. Yeah, boy. Well, the um, the uh, what's right now? It's ulti gold. I forget. Earth Shatter. Yeah, Earth Shatter. Yes. Yeah, can you imagine if you like, you know, Earth Shatter Graviton? Yeah, that'd be. I mean, that's sort of overkill, but yeah. <laughs> so much damage. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing that I just wanted to mention um, is a little bit about um, what's been happening over on Ultrac Pass. So. I know that we haven't been able to play it. Um, yeah, which is really sad because I, I want to hear the fucking like horns going off and this whatnot. Um, but there are some things that I've heard about and that I've seen uh, from watching a few people play it and listen to other content creators about what's happening. And, so, and, and the big consensus, what I've been hearing and seeing is that the objective is really, really strong on this map. Oh my God. Yeah, what's the objective in Ultrac Pass? Uh, so you have so what it is is it's it's kind of like controlling a tower. So if you remember in Ultrac Valley, uh, you have to go up and channel the tower and it goes do 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 do, and then you that. have to like stand there for five minutes while it captures. Yeah, that's right. That's essentially what uh what it is is that okay. you go over to a tower and yeah. you capture you so you kill all the dudes around it, um mm -hmm. then you capture it and channel it and while your dude is escaping. Oh yeah, yeah, the wing commander. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, well, they call them the cavalry here. So, um, yeah, so they're, they're they're escaping, and you have to stand there and actively protect it for a certain amount of time. I'm not quite sure, but it'll start an animation. Yeah. Um, if you're defend it, and the thing is, you can't leave it alone because it'll consistently spawn dudes that are trying to stop your capture animation. Right? Yeah. The dudes take, I think it's two or three seconds to stop it. But a defending hero can do it instantaneously. Mm -hmm. So you really, really need to protect your objective. Actually getting it is really, really fucking hard. But if you do, oh my god. Yeah. It's, it's essentially a lava wave in every lane. <laughs> yes. So it spawns a cavalry that has this big aura where it has it, it boosts everybody's health and damage or something like that. I think it's just damage, maybe. No, move speed and damage. That's what it is. Uh, and so it's guaranteed to make it towards the keep. 
Not only that, if you're inside it, if you are inside the aura, you give a buff to the cavalry, to the unit that spawned. So this Ooh. spawns in every single wave. It's almost guaranteed to get to the front wall. And in most cases, it's going to take a front wall in every single lane. And mm -hmm. if you have a five stack or even two or three, you guys deal so much more extra damage that you're most likely going to take a fort. That's sweet. That's crazy though. <laughs> like that's that, that is way too strong. It that's is a, really fucking snowbally. Because um, that's a win at two minutes, right? Because um, you know, almost you got, you got the early fort. So what are they going to do? Well, okay. The thing is, the objective doesn't spawn for two to three minutes normally. Um, yeah. And then it just depends on whether or not you can actually channel the objective properly. Yeah. Um, as well, uh, one thing that we, I mean, I I said that it wasn't going to be a thing. It's kind of a thing. Is the mud? Uh, I thought you so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's actually a thing because the mud really forces you to be in that area. Like when you're on the objective, it's just a fucking brawl on there. Like. You know, mm -hmm. you everybody needs to sort of stay in to either stop it being captured or to capture it. Um, yeah. And the mud really is punishing for people that want to leave the area. Um, yeah, sure. So you can't like you have to make a really, really large conscious choice to go. Okay, I want to leave now and go soak a lane. Um, right. Yeah, that's just impossible. Like you really have to make an effort. And if you want to get back into the fight, it takes a lot longer than normal. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in order to get around this, I think some globals are really good um, to be able to um, be get soaking in a lane and then all of a sudden just be in the fight when they need to. Yeah, sure. Um, so like a Zagara maybe? Yep, Zagara will be good. Um, Falstaff Yep, Falstaff as well, also really good. Dehaka as well. Um, so I think that those are other types of heroes that you want here. And in particular, I hate to say it, but um, one of Joey's favorites could also be good for this. The Lost Vikings. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what guys? <laughs> uh possibly. Uh, but if we play quick match, you're not guaranteed ultra pass. Anyway, so um, Lost Vikings can be really good because you know what? You just put a fucking Viking in each of the lanes, and you're still soaking XP, and you're still able to uh, contribute to the fight if you want to send one of the Vikings over. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Lost Vikings just has uh, infinite utility. Yeah, what, in uh, map, what, so what was that? Lost Vikings suck. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't hear over all the uh, Vikings. So like, <laughs> so I'm going to be playing the so, you know, There is a reason why Lost Vikings have their own tier called the Lost Viking tier, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because they're better than S tier. Yeah, it's because of all the tiers of I mean, of the person micromanaging them, is that is that what it is? No, no, no. The, uh, that person's really happy. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> we'll take your word for it. Yep. I think we're gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to. Um. Also, uh, something that I felt was a bit off about the map, uh, from what I hear, is that after the generals, um, so obviously you can't attack the general if three of the keeps are alive, and if you take one keep. Um, it reduces its armor. Yep. And if you take three, it's going to be, you know, much, much better. Yeah. Um, but what happens is that when the 
when the core or the you know the enemy uh faction champion um is going to be attacking something it will always prioritize things that are closer to it because it's in um because it's in melee range yeah for sure so what that means is that if minions walk in first and then the champion sort of sneak around the back and be like ha 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 we're like killing you back here it'll still be spinning around on the minions yeah <laughs> Cool. Um, so it's kind of bugged, in, in, in my opinion, in that sense where yeah, it it should one shot minions if there's no if there's no heroes around. Yeah, it really should. It 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 does a fuck ton of damage to them. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it does a lot of damage to minions. Um, but the the thing is as well is that it shouldn't one shot them. I in my opinion because um, that's just not good. Like heroes of the storm mechanics. It's, uh, good. it's good ultra I, I meant, mechanics. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, you still need sort of the catapult mechanic to get the. Yes, um... you do. Like the game, the game needs to end, and um, yeah, yeah Winions still have to be a thing as much as people don't like it. Um, but um, yeah, so that that's the reason for that. But it just doesn't feel very thematic that it would prioritize those over like champions or heroes that would be in the be in the pit at the same time. Like it feels like if there are enemy champions. Um, or enemy heroes that are there, it should just like automatically go and start spinning at them. It'd be interesting actually if there's a threat mechanic. That would threat be interesting mechanic. about mm. like damage done. Yeah, mm. I feel um, I feel it would be hard to implement at this time, possibly, but not sure. No, you never know. Mm. It's just programming, man. But <laughs> they can do it if they really want to. Yeah, they can. They are Blizzard. They do what they want. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that was that was just one thing um that i felt about the uh about the map hmm. um oh i'm keen to play althrak pass so I, I i still can't wait to play it yeah i'm i'm also pretty super keen to play it as well um i keep getting i keep getting nostalgic visions of the the endless althrak valley I, I played um as a young man, and the uh, the kingdom of Alterac has betrayed the alliance. <laughs> yes, in Warcraft Two. No, I definitely remember playing a lot of Alterac Valley. Um, I mean, we never got to play it in vanilla when it was like truly like a you know two hour event or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, we maybe played... maybe with classic. Oh no, but didn't they change it before patch one point one two? Yeah, but you know. Hopefully, they'll revert it back to the old version. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I want a week-long Alterac Valley. Uh-huh. <laughs> a week-long Alterac Valley. Sure. <laughs> you oh, can, I, I don't. I, I mean, maybe uh, maybe a couple of hours is the most I'm willing to put in. I think, I played, a, cause I, I think I played a couple of pretty long APs uh, in Burning Crusade, actually. Like, I think we summoned the boss once. Oh yes, no, we did. Yeah. We did get to summon the boss once. I remember that. It's just endless battles. It's just like the bridge you cannot cross. Yeah. No matter what you do, you cannot cross this bridge. Like, oh my god, because everyone's fucking knocks you off all the time. Oh my god. Mm. Those uh, were the days. Yep, those were the days. Um. All right. Well, I think that uh, brings us to the end of our podcast this week, guys. Yep, definitely. Um, I, I would like to say I do have a small Heroes of Storm, uh, Heroes of Home, Esports of Home. Uh, oh, bit. did you? Okay. And it's just to say that, like, 
Dignitas versus Gen G, it inspired me to just say, no matter what, just keep fighting. Because wise words. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what situation you're in. If you, as long as you can proc abilities, proc abilities. <laughs> That's pretty much good advice for life in general, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. When I'm at work and like my my mind is getting low and I'm like I can still proc some code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you can still come off cooldown any second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, definitely. Like the the whole reason Dignitas were in any of those games is because they just never stopped fighting. Um, and it was it was the blaze in the bad position that charged. It was the uh, so many examples like um, Varian going in for that for, for, for seeing. Oh, I can. I can taunt. I can taunt Garrosh and win. It's just mm. amazing. Yep, and definitely. Yeah, you just never. You just absolutely never stop uh, with the abilities. All right, man. Well, wise words. Wise words, and that does bring us to the end of our podcast. And I can't think of a better way with our valuable life lessons from. Um, oh, who's that famous Chinese guy? Sun Tzu. Yeah, Sun Tzu. Yes, good old Joey and Sun Tzu. <laughs> giving us life giving us life knowledge all right um so that does bring us to the end um just reminding everybody that if you want to send your emails to the show we are chilledpodcast at gmail.com uh for anything you know if we marked up any names you can tell us or if there's anything else that you want to hear on the show or ask us any questions we're also on twitter chilled podcast at chilled and a reminder as well that our full catalog of episodes can be found over at jhray.com slash chilled Joey, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me now at jhra.com, and I now have a blog called jhra.com slash memes, which is meme-driven development, where I'll be given I'll be giving every now and then my random thought salad of the day of like what whatever the fuck I'm thinking about. Uh-huh. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, and I am number two on Google if you look for my name. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, you can find me over uh, on Twitter. I am at Gene. If you want to ask me any questions. Send me a quest for anything, play some games, etc. Uh, that's the best way to contact me. All right. I uh, just want to say a big thank you to you guys for joining me in the podcast. Thank you very much, Eugene. Thanks, man. It was great to be here. And stay easy, stay breezy, guys. Ladies, everyone. Take care, everybody.